Welcome back to High Fidelity Top 5, the weekly podcast where we analyze and discuss the movie High Fidelity five minutes at a time. I'm Candice LaSalle. I'm Chris LaSalle. I'm David Stoker. I'm Kathy Stoker. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Hello. These are minutes 11 through 15, and they start with Barry declaring the store is a fascist regime. (laughs) (laughs) And they end with Laura hanging up on Rob. That Laura. That Laura. Like, I feel like has she already like done that like uh, several times in the movie? I, I feel yeah. like like this, this is the first time. So we've seen her walk out. Right. Now she's hanging up on. And I and I still don't like her. And you, wow. Wait, Dave, did you admit that already that you didn't like her? I know Chris. I said I didn't like her. Yeah, I didn't. I don't like her. I you didn't like her when she. Yeah. I, okay, I'm not sure if I don't remember if that was part of our. So none of us like her. I, I'm fine with her as of now. As of now. She's yeah. fine. I, I'm just saying as of now, like, wanting to try to stay true to the minutes. I think, uh, well... Oh, you're saying you like her as of this point in the film. Right. Right. Ah. Not um, thinking ahead. Um, you know. Oh, no, I never like her at all, even to the credits. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel. I don't remember. I just, I, I was thinking about something. Her voice. Mm-hmm. And I sound super, oh, God. I already made fun of her bang, so what? I know. Yeah, we some, get a clear shot of that, too. Well, there's something about her voice that I don't love. And then I was thinking, when I heard her voice this time, like, wait a minute. When we talked about she, where is she from? Is she Scandinavian? Yeah. Or something. I'm like, well, maybe it's her doing an American accent mm-hmm. that mm. I'm having a hard time with. That's fair. Because I do find, like, when you have people doing American accents, it's it's so, a little weird, sure. I think. So it's it's not okay to make fun of someone's accent, but is it okay to make someone make fun of someone attempting to do an accent? I wasn't making fun. I just don't think I love when anyone does an American accent because I don't know. Well, I think, I think it's free game if they if they pretend to be someone else, then it's free game to say you stink at doing an American accent. And I'm not saying she stinks at it, but I think maybe that's what I don't love about her voice is. Not maybe her voice, but just the American accent. Like, maybe mm-hmm. I need to hear her just talking normally, and then I'll be like, "Oh, I like her voice." But yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Chris. I, I'm not sure I I like her throughout the movie, and I don't know if outside of her sort of breaking up with Rob, that sort of is the catalyst for him to go on this journey of discovering his top five breakups. She she's very little in, in the movie except towards the end. Right. Well, then that brings us back to Rob, who in this set of five minutes, I still don't like him for like four minutes and thirty seconds. He's <laughs> just so angsty, and, and I understand it to a degree, but I just feel like he needs a therapist. And there's only one part, and we can get to in a moment where I'm like, oh, all right, I can see why. You know, he is the way he is. But it, it does. It starts off with Barry, who he himself is angry. <laughs> right. Um, and he says something, I'm paraphrasing, about, you know, you got something about working in a music store, you listen to all this crap. And then I was laughing because I was like, well, isn't that in all retail? Like, depending on, you know, what store you work in, you have to listen to music or well, music. Oh, I thought his point was that he shouldn't have to listen to crap yeah. because he's right. working right. in a music store. He can listen yeah, to anything but, he wants. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that they're all record snobs, and they can listen to the cool stuff and right. okay. have he discussions. Just and, but he doesn't yeah. like what's his name's music. Sad right. bastard music. 
Old Sound Bastion. Right. <laughs> that's going to be my rap nickname. Yeah, that's the fun of working in a record store, playing crappy pap you don't want to listen to. Right. And I just think that pap. they just sounded like babies, but I wasn't totally right. annoyed about it. But then I think Rob says something like, well, we'll listen to your, you know, his um, Barry's top five next Monday. And, and uh, Barry yells, no, and like walks away. And I'm like, oh my God, they're like this like dysfunctional Children. group of workers. And I think that's when Rob breaks the fourth wall and says whatever he says about how they showed up or something. And they hired them for three days a week. They just, they just started showing up every day. That was four years ago. <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a great, great narration. Yeah, I mean, I guess you've got some passionate employees there. Right. <laughs> you know, to show up when you don't have to. Yeah. Who could ask for better employees? I think I would. If I worked at a record store, I'd show up. I would never see Chris again. No. <laughs> Hey, can we listen to this? Hey, can we listen to that? I don't know how many CDs we have we have in our possession now because Chris heard something at playing a at store. a record store. Yeah. Those are some of my favorites. So many times. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what are you buying? He's like, oh, that's what they're playing. I'm like, like, have you ever heard of them before? No. That's my favorite is when you go, but when you go talk to the guy behind the counter, like, hey man, what's playing? And then you some sometimes you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so and whatever but sometimes you get the guys like oh yeah this is it's the guy who put the record on right he's like this is yeah. da, da, da. and if you like this you gotta listen to the i had some guy like tell me he's like try this album first and then this one and then this one in that order and, hey, you're gonna like, and i'm like i'll buy all three let's go <laughs> <laughs> but that just shows like what a music connoisseur you are chris mm. and it's, i've no, never it's done a, that ever no you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know I'll, I'll jump around right and because in this minute you know i was looking at the t-shirts uh in this minute and um uh one of them rob's wearing uh in the scene uh, the charlie scenes he's wearing an nyc ska t-shirt um so i did a little digging on that one and um it's it's related to a band called the toasters uh which has been playing they've been playing ska music since the 80s um and i realized i'm like uh i have like my ska my depth of ska is like the mighty mighty boss tones and that's it and so i don't think i really can you know like i want to say i want to agree with you kathy yeah i feel like a music connoisseur sure but like well i don't i don't know anything about ska so can you be a connoisseur if you don't like if you don't have some depth in different genres yeah that's a good point yeah so i'm gonna i mean my goal now is to do dive into some ska Mm. Um, that's what I want. I, I want to because you know the other one too that I wanted uh, was reggae because I was listening to oh yeah uh, Sinead O'Connor has a reggae album of all oh, things, that seems right really likely it's so <laughs> unlikely and when I heard that she had I'm like what like Sinead O'Connor and you know, put it on and I'm like holy crap this is good it's a good album but but it's the same kind of thing she's doing covers and does she do a cover of Electric Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, but, but but again, it was what the same it, kind of thing. What it, what it, electric, really? is it... electric Avenue? Yeah, Eddie Grant. Um, anyway, it just made me think. I'm like, okay, I, I, my my reggae knowledge is also shallow. I would like to get into mm -hmm. so so ska and reggae now is on my list to to dig into. And I actually like um, my students introduced me to reggaeton. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but it's you know reggae and a little bit of hip hop and oh, Daddy oh. Yankee's one of the pioneers of but yeah I, I think it's 
finding time to, which we have a lot of these days, um, <laughs> to explore these different music genres. So yeah, that's super interesting. So do you like uh, do you like reggaeton? I, I do, <laughs> I do. Reggaeton? Um, yeah. I was never into when going back to the the ska for a moment. Um, I, I remember having classmates and then later students who were really into but yeah mighty boston is probably the peripheral for me as well chris yeah yeah uh, all right well cool so I, i'm gonna have to check out that band that you just mentioned kathy yeah so that's a band not a genre no she or, mentioned a what was the sorry. band name well daddy yankee oh, i think oh, is oh. a person okay yeah. sorry anyways that. so sorry it was a big big yeah where were we uh chris i don't big recall back to, back was to big charlie detour. back to charlie Sorry. No. <laughs> were we on Charlie? No, we were still in the store. I think we were just talking oh. about connoisseurs oh. and music. Chris worked at a record store. You mentioned the T-shirt when he was with Charlie. Yeah, the next part of the minute is Rob goes into the back and then he starts talking to about Charlie. About like that's Charlie. the next. That's number three on the top five breakup list. Right. Yep. Right. And Charlie was too good for him. That's what he says, right? He was, she was out of his. She was out of his league. Out of his league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's. He, they, I think he said they dated for two years, and he was uncomfortable yeah. the whole time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of sucks. Yeah, talk about. A, he said something about lacking self confidence, or maybe I psychoanalyzed him on that one. No, um, think, yeah. Right. I think, I think he, he said something that. like that. Yeah. 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 Why would a he says why would a girl and then he edits himself and says woman, you know, go out with me and I was never comfortable and she liked me at least I thought I did and describes her as dramatic exotic and a talker and you can tell he's so into her but he just lacks that confidence and I think that's the point where you know I thought he was a little vulnerable and I thought okay finally he's giving some self-awareness to himself yes he he changed his look too so he went from the (laughs) stoner bad haircut to kind of like the wearing the leather jacket with right. the pop collar with the even worse haircut oh, right. thank you okay i thought you were going to say the like, haircut is terrible <laughs> oh yeah the haircut oh, is awful. I, I do like so this is the second scene we've seen um john cusack playing himself in the past mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which yep. most of the um the penny nickel uh penny um hardway. Hardway. hardway she was a different actress i think right she wasn't the same actress we see Later in the movie, is she? I'm not sure. We haven't gotten there, and I don't. Oh. I don't know if it is or is. Yeah, I don't remember. I but I just find it interesting, good. like that he's gone through these changes throughout, mm-hmm. and you still. Be- I believe it. Like I believe he was that character. Yeah. yeah. Um, he does such a great job at that. And, and um, oh my gosh, why am I pulling a blank on the actress who plays Charlie? Yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones. Oh, that's weird. Oh, God, yeah. it just totally fell Mrs. in my head. Mrs. Michael Douglas. Mrs. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think he's out of early. Are they still married? Yeah. They are? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like 900 years old, I but. I found it, I mean, obviously she's relatively famous, right? I mean, I don't know if where she fits in the famous actress. She was uh, in a bunch of big budget oh, movies. Yeah. She was in like Zorro and. and theater. Um, but Zorro yeah. was before that. Like the only thing before this was Zorro. And I'm like, was this, was she big being like, was this a big deal? Like, oh my God, Catherine Zeta-Jones is in High Fidelity. Did you see that? Or. Where were we like, who is this? Who's this actress? Yeah, I don't know where she fell as far as know at that popularity. Point. She a model beforehand? Mm. I feel like she was a model. Yeah, they've been married, Catherine Zeta Jones and Michael Douglas, for 20 years. 20 he years. is Since 75. So she was, she, right when this here. movie came out, she was dating Michael Douglas or just married him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. So and she's fifty. So she would have been in her third. Yeah. 
Yep. So he was, yeah. So he was in his fifties. Okay. Kudos to you, Mister Mister Douglas. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure it's a relationship <laughs> of love. Come on, guys. Of course it is. I'm not saying it's not. No, I just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all like, like uh, uh, we can talk about right. a couple T-shirts that. Um, oh, a couple T-shirts. Charlie's wearing. Or not wearing? Or no. There are a oh. few t-shirts scenes where she's not wearing t-shirts. Uh, yeah, I'll let you comment on that. Oh, if you no. want. <laughs> In the, uh, I don't know where they are, the bar or coffee shop, she's wearing a, a, a La Serena, a mermaid tarot card t-shirt. Oh, it's a tarot card. It's a tarot card. So it's oh. a, I don't know, that's Spanish, La Serena. Um, uh, and I guess it's from a, it's, it's from a famous, oh. like, Design like the, the, that that particular the the artist and the, is um, it's a I guess there's you know how many different designs of tarot card packs are out there and oh, that's okay. a really that's a famous one um, beyond that I don't know I don't do any of you guys know tarot cards at all I don't no I, mean, I know I know what they are yeah yeah I, I don't know a ton all right it's um, a cool one I like it I mean I wonder what that card means when you get the mermaid card it could be the design on the back. I think oh, it's just mermaids yeah. as mystical creatures. It says the Tarot of Mermaids was designed to show all the power, culture, and legends behind these fascinating creatures, and also to certify that so many of these stories about mermaids are created from their deeds. Hmm. So I don't think it's a card per se. I think it's oh. like a type of card, like a like a genre of card. Okay. Oh, it's not the actual card that you pull, like death oh. or the. I don't. I don't think so. Right. That's not what I got from my research. The Burning know. Man. I don't know any. Yeah, is, I don't know any tarot cards. Yeah, me neither. I'm making them up now. You're making them up. Yeah. The Burning Man. Yeah. Since, we're, since we're on the third Candle episode, keeper. I'm sure we have listeners by now. Maybe some of our listeners would be able to. Uh, yeah. Reach out and yeah. tell yeah. us. Educate us on tarot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do you, obviously, we don't know any tarot. Do you know anybody who knows tarot? I don't, well, feel like, I don't feel like we run in a crowd of people that know tarot cards. Well, I have a deck of tarot cards that are mermaids that oh. I bought at the Enchanted Fox at Medway that they have quotes on them. And so you like pull them and I've you know had a reading done before, but I don't have, I don't feel like I can, I have enough knowledge to talk about oh. that. So someone, someone's read your fate with tarot cards? Um, it's, it's not so much the reading I had was about fate. It was more about like vision, I guess. Which doesn't mean it's coming true. Interesting. How you know long what ago, I mean? How recent was this? Oh, probably a few years ago. I'm, I wanted to go back. I, I went after my mom passed, and then I've gone a couple other times. But the, the deck I have, I just pulled a few recently just to look, and it, you know, said something about positive change coming, and I, you know, I don't know what that means yet, but hmm. maybe it was the podcast that was coming. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, we can. I guess I. Uh, yeah, and so I guess the other shirt, uh, since we were things to talk about with Charlie, she's wearing a Pretenders USA tour oh, in 1984, yes. right. um, which I, I personally, I, I really like the Pretenders, but I don't know if people think that, do you think the Pretenders are cool? Would you have a Pretenders t-shirt? I don't know if I would. Well, that's the question. So wearing t-shirts, mm-hmm. um, I like to wear t-shirts of things I know, right? That yep. I don't just wear stuff because... Because it's cool. Because it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And so that's I found myself like, well, is she wearing this because she is a Pretenders fan, or and not just her, anyone who's like, you know, all his T-shirts and stuff. Is he a fan of? 
I would hope so. Yeah. I, yeah, I would like to think these they're not posers just wearing shirts of right. to be cool. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I think now you see so many T-shirts, you know, like shopping for our tween daughters. There's T-shirts, Polaroid T-shirts. I guess Polaroids are back now, too. But it's like all these things. And I'm like, well, these kids don't even know what this stuff is. Yeah, yeah. right. The references. Um, but, yeah, I guess these, we're not talking about tweens in this. We're yeah. talking about 20-somethings. Do you think this shirt, the Pretender shirt, is Rob's? And she's wearing it? Yeah, I was wondering that, oh, if that was his shirt. I didn't think about that. It does look big. Yeah, could be. Um, yeah, it could be. But they were at her apartment, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. They were uh, at her apartment? I think so. It looks so. like it, yeah. Doesn't, it does, yeah. doesn't look like his place. Yeah. Because doesn't he say she's? he thought she was going to break up with him for one of the, is it artists that he One had? of the students in her design class. Students in her design class. Oh, okay. I was thinking that she had their or, I don't know if it was a student, just another, like a fellow student, right, I think. Right. Yeah. Which she did. Which she did. Right. Marcos. Marco. <laughs> Marco. Yeah. 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 And then we get to the scene where he's outside in the rain shouting her name and she comes to the window and the sheet and Oh, he's so angry. So he angry. Is. Like yeah, that that kind of stuff when, oh you know, any kind of relationship where the guy is like calling the person names, but I want to get back together with you. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's your that's your answer right there. If that's right. what you're going to be Right. Do you think she's going to get back together when you're saying that stuff to her? Yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's such a I don't know if you've seen the movie A Streetcar Named Desire with Marlon Brando. Yes, Stella, that's exactly it. Right. When um, he's screaming in the, exactly in the rain, in the street, you know, Stella. Do you think this is supposed to be an homage to that? I don't know if it is. I don't know. But (laughs) but I, I feel like there was a time, Sex in the City, Carrie was dating someone who I think was a recovering alcoholic and then they broke up and then he was drunk and he was, he too had this like, I think it's an iconic scene when the guy's out in the rain screaming. And like you said, Chris, screaming stuff that, you know, he's, I think he's calling her like. And calls her a bitch. Bitch. And yeah. And then he, I think then he comes. A moment. Yeah. And then he comes to the it realization. Is. He flops down on the edge of the curb and then just sort of thinks about it. And then I think just lets it all loose and just starts screaming. <laughs> right, right. Is you're laughing, Dave, and that was a question I had about this one. Like I, I've always interpreted that scream as supposed to be funny. It, it, is it supposed to be is it funny. are they doing it for laughs for the audience or are we supposed I, to I feel bad for I, him I, that I he's do like I find it funny when he kind of I don't know why I find it funny. Oh, Maybe I there's something wrong. I thought with of it as funny. No? It's as desperate. Yeah, like I'll, Yeah, desperate's a good word. I have a theory, Dave, why you and I might think it's funny because it sounds because you're thinking of Lane Meyer skiing, skiing down the hill (laughs) and and yelling the whole way down. I'm seeing John Cusack and not Rob. Right, right. The record store owner. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess I don't I I don't have sympathy for him really in this moment. So no. Well, he does also voice over and he's like, I just kind of lost it. I felt desperate. Maybe I just seeing him like that. I just find it kind of i chuckle yeah well he says like i lost it all faith dignity and then mentions how he flunks out of school and so i don't know i again i feel that moment of like i just stupid that he yells those things at her let's get back together and then he's calling her a bitch um but then i feel like he's just continues to be you know a little bit immature and i keep saying angsty but 
Yeah, he kind of feels a little angsty, and yeah, and I, I feel a little bad that I don't feel sadder for him. But I guess maybe I should. I mean, I think he just kind of throws me off with his comments right. to her. But I mean, she she cheated on him, so right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess I should feel I, bad for him. I mean, regardless yeah, he can be of angry. Yeah, right. yeah. I think he, I think he has a right to yell at her. I mean, right. maybe not call her the names, but right. maybe call her out and right. Yeah, I you guess. Know? I don't know. You don't need to stand in the middle of the street yelling. Regardless, right. I don't know names or no names. I think it's a little, <laughs> eh. yeah. It wouldn't, yeah. But he, yes, he should be angry. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I, this is in in the in the book. This relationship with Charlie, and I, I might have talked about it last episode. But this is like this is he he sees this as a, a pivotal moment in his life. Mm-hmm. Her breaking up with him, um, because that's what. And he he mentions it briefly here. Like he wakes up and finds himself working at a record store, and. He drops out of school and uh, yeah, it's kind yeah, of just, yeah. I mean, just mentioned briefly here in the voiceover. Um, but in the book, it, it, he really attributes his whole, his whole trajectory of his life changed because oh, of that breakup. Because of that breakup. Oh, um, wow. And that's why he ended up you know, buying the store. And <clears throat> so we are all oh, so, where we are. <clears throat> so he it. ends up buying the store that he, he starts working at. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's working at a different place and he, he saves money to buy a place. So I don't think they're the same store. Okay. That's interesting. I find it interesting that he's in the back and he's, you know, as he's talking to us, he's he's cleaning the records that he just, I, I'm assuming just came in the package. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I just find that, I, I don't think I would have ever known to do that. <laughs> just as a total aside. People from, do that. Yeah. He's Looks. got like his little, his little brush and he's like brushing them and... Yeah. Looks very zen and relaxing. Although yeah. I don't think I would last very long. I'd be like, yeah, clean enough. Right. <laughs> I, I assume he's using proper technique there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I am not a. Uh, I, I do own records, but I don't treat them probably with the respect that they should be. You know, I kind of manhandle them and put my fingers on them, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I don't own a brush. I don't own a stat. That's like an anti-static and dust brush or whatever. And I don't have one of those. And, Father's Day's coming up. Ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just wonder. I'm like, I'm picturing like you know, true like you know, audio files that right. are like he's doing it wrong. <laughs> oh. you know, he's not brushing that he makes right. Makes yeah. look right. He looks. Yeah. I really like your Zen comment. Yeah, he's probably just just right. wax on, wax off, yeah. and yeah. And he's in the back, and that's you know, so he's away from Barry and what's the other guy's name? Dick. 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 Yeah. And then he feels like this need to prove himself, right? That he's intelligent. He's like, I read books or, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and names a couple and then says that his, what, number one book is the Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash book. Uh, Johnny Cash. 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 Yeah. Why is that his favorite? Why would that be his favorite? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah I know of all music, right? And, yeah. and you know, as a personal note, my father loved Johnny Cash, but I, I can't, I, I wouldn't peg Rob for a Johnny Cash fan. Uh-huh. But maybe, again, I'm totally stereotyping. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's a big Johnny Cash fan. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, that goes back to kind of what Chris was saying. Like, if you are a true music connoisseur, then you would have probably... I know you would obviously have your favorite genre, but but if you know you could probably pick out of each genre your favorite artist or best artist, and so mm. you know he would, you know if he owns a record store and he's a music connoisseur, then yeah, I guess Johnny Cash would probably be up there. And 
I would think it's one of those must-haves, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Some of Johnny Cash's, you know, Johnny Cash had a hard life in different different phases, and he himself sang, you know, sort of that country rock almost blues a little bit. So I don't know, maybe he relates to him because Mm -hmm. he's struggling with his breakups. Right. Yeah. That makes me want to read the book even more. <laughs> well, Father's Day is coming up, Dave. I want to, <laughs> well, I want to see what I want to see what's uh, you know if he does if, like right. things in Johnny Cash's life mirror some of the things that Rob goes through mm. that maybe he sees parallels. Right. 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 So, um, so the books that he talks about, um, Unbearable Lightness Being. Yep. I never, I never read that one. Me neither. Uh, anyone? No. Nope. I haven't. Have you really? <laughs> Huh. I want to see what everyone did. Psych. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. Okay, and then Love in the Time, Time of Cholera. I have read that one. I know you have read that one. But that one's also. Do you guys know the reference, right? For so, uh, that was the book from Serendipity, the other John, C- another John C- Cusack movie. Mm-hmm. I forget. God, I don't remember the actress was. Is that uh, um, what's her name? Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Kate yes. Beckinsale. Yeah, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. And that's like, you know, the book that they're they have in common and he leaves oh, one of them writes a note to the other oh she does yeah and leaves it in the city somewhere and she says if they ever find if you ever find it you know that means we're meant to be together and he gets it as like a wedding gift or something right it's actually i just ruined know. the whole movie oh, God, I seen that. <laughs> oh oh have you Spoiler not seen that movie alert, Chris. wow i just wow sorry actually i don't know if that's what happens i've seen movie and i don't remember that so okay so I think Chris is making it up. Maybe that's how he wanted the movie to go. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so romantic if that happened. Oh my god. I remember the movie. I don't remember all the Yeah, I don't remember the movie. I yeah. think there was some some scenes in there with a hot chocolate and that's all I remember. Yeah. Mm. yeah it, the serendipity. Serendipity. So back to the book. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's yep. all I remember. Um, so do you think it was on purpose that that he's in No. Oh, it's just total coincidence. I think so. Yeah. I mean um, it's I don't know when that came out. I should have looked to see what, 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 what we came out first. In the, is that mentioned in the script or in the book? Does he that mention those books? Yeah, I feel... Oh, geez, I don't have it in front of me. I believe he says at least Love in the Time of Cholera is mentioned. I don't know about the unbearable lightness of being. Okay. Mm. Um, so, Kathy, I didn't hear... Had you read any of either of those books? I haven't. I actually haven't. I feel like shameful saying that. I feel like as an English teacher, I should should have read but i haven't read either so okay. but we did come up with and i know we can do it in a moment or not because the scene's almost over right our top yeah do we do we want to fit what yeah what so he's talking about his the books mm-hmm. and, and then, then laura calls, the phone ring, the laura laura calls. yeah yeah Ser- by the way serendipity came out in 2001 oh right oh. after so okay. he was setting it up it was actually commercial for his <laughs> right. Yeah, there you go. Right. Right. Yeah. right um yeah laura calls you Laura calls, I want to come get my stuff while you're at work. I know. Yeah. You yeah. can tell, though, he's hopeful, I think. He shuts the door. He's got the phone, and it just makes me laugh. Takes a big, big hit of the cigarette. And, <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, so for me, he's hoping there's going to be a post-conversation. Yeah. But we don't. So we also don't know what happened before. So we don't know if there were arguments, discussions, or she just kind of dropped the bomb and said, I'm moving out, grabbed her stuff, and left. Right. Like, he may be looking for closure or for explanation or something mm-hmm. so we don't know we're That's sort of true. midstream here so we're coming in right after she's le- you know she's just leaving so we don't know what happened so maybe he is looking for a discussion maybe he does right. want to meet with her yeah no that's right. a good point because 
forgot. We're only 15 minutes in. We don't yeah. know a lot. I know. <laughs> I know. It feels weird because I feel like we're in longer. Yeah, and just, she's on the... No, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, this seems like a typical next stage of a breakup, right? As I can right. get my stuff. I don't I know. Get my so, stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you, that's a really good point. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know the arc of this breakup. Yeah. Right. Where we are in the arc. Right. It's obviously not mutual, right? Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. It, yeah. it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. No. And yeah, now it's, yeah, now I want why why did she leave? Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing is why did she leave? Like what was her right. motivation for leaving? I mean, other than Rob being he's a loser. Rob. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my <yeah>. god. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he has a lot of stuff to work on, I think. And so maybe that's why she left. Yeah. Some insecurity right. there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you maybe. know. Maybe. I, I think at this stage, there are very different places in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel like. No? No, I, I agree. I was going to change subject. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to comment on yes. the scene. It's a phone, right? It's, a, yeah. it's such, you know, it's not a cordless. It's not oh, a cell yeah. phone, of course. And he just has right. to shut the door and grab it. And I can... That just reminded me of times in my life where, right. you know, you don't want anyone to hear who you're talking to or what you're saying, and you're trying to get the phone and the cord, and yeah. so it's kind of a I miss those days. Well, I don't think you can slam the phone down on anyone anymore because you just, right. have, you right. just have the off button. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> like you don't have the, oh, you bastard. <laughs> like, you don't have that anymore. It's so true. Right. Someone should so make, true. like, an add-on to your phone that you can, like, press a button. It sounds like you're <laughs> slamming the phone down. You get that nice little ring from the bell when it hits ping. Next time I talk to, uh, you know, Tim Cook, when we sit down and have lunch, I'll mention it to him so that they can implement (laughs) it in the next iPhone. Okay. Who's Tim Cook? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I'm I'm still asking. Who's Tim Cook? He's uh, the head of Apple. Oh, okay. Tim Apple? You're thinking Tom Nook from Animal Crossing. I'm thinking thinking Tom Nook. Did you say Tom? No. Yeah. That's what Chris That's said. I'm on an Animal Crossing. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. That's what she was thinking. That runs of. the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's awesome. Is this a good place to leave off and start? Oh, wait, Chris, you said you were you wanted to change the subject. Oh, yeah. No, I was just, a, my, I was, you know, catalog, cataloging the music, right, and all these minutes as we go along. And there were, oh, uh, yeah. there's, th- there's, there's at least, there's three, three obvious songs um, uh, in this group of minutes. But there is, there is one I cannot figure out what it is. Mm. Um, so in the open, when you when we first see Charlie at the coffee shop, um, there's music playing in the background. It's um, uh, "Baby Got Going" by Liz Fair. Uh, that's from her 1998 album "White Chocolate Space Egg." White Chocolate Space Egg. And that's all one word, by the way. White Chocolate Space Egg. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is Liz Fair. That's Liz Fair. Um, so did we? Did you research why she named the album "White Chocolate Space Egg"? I did not. Um, I wasn't diving deep into there. It's a good album. <laughs> I mean, all Liz Fair stuff's pretty good. Okay. At least up until this album. I, okay. I can, well. So there, she gets a little she poppy. She gets a little. She changes her her sound a bit after this album. Okay. Um, so it goes poppy. So would right. I like her more or less? <laughs> you might like her more. I don't but, know. I know the name. I don't know if I know her music. But just remember Liz Fair because it's going to come. It, is it, I'm saying, is it a she or a band? It's a she. Okay. Yeah. Solo sure. artist. Uh, but just hang on to that because okay. she's going to come up again later in the film. Okay. So, uh, but the next the the next piece of music is when Charlie is undressing, walking up the stairs. 
Yeah, we didn't even talk about that scene that much. And she's undressing, uh, and there's this bluesy guitar solo or just some kind of riff that's being played through that whole section. Uh No idea what that is. Mm. Neither does the internet know. So there have been some, yeah, there's been some fantastic people cataloging all the different musical cues in the film. This is not, uh, this is not the end of Baby Got Going, which I thought it might be part of the Liz Fair song, nor is it part of the song that gets played next, which is uh, Little Did I Know by Brother JT3. That segment gets played when we see Rob at the record shop for the first time and he kind of, you know, knocks the stereo speaker wire off oh, the counter yeah, and yeah. stuff that's that's playing in there i thought this this section where charlie's walking up the stairs and undressing was part of one of those songs mm-hmm. but it's not so when you say the internet or whoever people yeah like have people pointed it out specifically that i can't find this song or no. you just can't no nobody i can't find it. it it's you know every if you know i've seen i found a multiple list where it kind of lists them all out in order of appearance mm-hmm. and it just goes straight from the liz fair song to the brother jt3 song oh my gosh. and so i'm like what am i missing this is exciting so it's exciting because i would yeah. i want to put a call out to the music files out there what is this piece of music that's being played i don't know uh, so yeah i mean i know i wouldn't know it did but... anybody recognize it no. no. I was too busy watching her. I wasn't listening to the music. Watching right, me too. <laughs> I'd have to go back and listen. Candace was probably wondering what I was doing as I had this thing on at a, right. on, a, on a loop of just, oh, there's well, Catherine Zeta-Jones undressing, undressing, undressing. Trying to figure it out. Um, but the last song is actually um, uh, played uh, while he's talking to us in his back office, uh, while he's on the phone, so it's kind of hard to hear, but it's... Um, uh, I'm wrong about everything by John Wesley Harding. Interesting. Yeah, uh, was it that chosen one's, just for that title? It could be. Uh, that I would love to know too why the why they picked the song as they did, because this is this one it happens to be on the on the soundtrack as well. You, the, oh, okay. The, the official soundtrack. That would be such a, a cool job, right? I mean, I wouldn't be very good at that job, but I think whoever, <laughs> yeah, I mean to put pick songs for moments and. Movies. Yeah. Mm. What is that job called? I don't know. Uh, I don't know music producer or music. Yeah. Uh, that right. would that would be my dream job. But talk about imposter syndrome, like feeling like I couldn't do like. Right. I wouldn't be like I. I think half of the music that I love is because of it's appeared in, mm. in movies yes. or television, mm, and it, yeah. because it creates this. It adds another layer of emotional, totally. you know, emotion to the song and the film, right. and. You know, there's. I know there are songs that I have personally liked that have shown up later in, in a thing. I'm like, oh, I know that song, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's a lot better song than I thought. But it's because it got tied to, you know, an emotional moment in a in a in a movie or a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would love that job too, but I think, I think I would stink at it. I think I'd have to triple my record mm-hmm. collection to. Oh yes, of course, you'd have to know way more than you know. Right. Yes, yes, please. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, please. Well, um, and the three um, the three songs just seem very fitting for the emotions that Rob is experiencing. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly in this five minutes. Right. Right. Yep. That's all, right. all I got. Yeah. That's all, that's all you got, Chris? <laughs> yeah. About the music. About the music. Yeah. And like I said, I'm desperate to find out what that all right, guitar well, riff is. Challenge... 
Uh, I was going to say accepted, but I know I'm not going to find it. So. Challenge thrown? What's yeah. the... What's the <laughs> gauntlet. The gauntlet, mm, gauntlet is the is thrown. thrown. The challenge is... Yeah, it's out, out there, there. So go for it. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have a special prize for someone who finds it. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know what that would be. Yeah. Our mm. new sticker know. that will make something. A white someday. chocolate space egg for someone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Anyway. All right. Yeah. So... So yeah, anything else? Do you guys have anything else for these minutes, or do you want to do want to jump to our top fives? I say let's go top five, Dave. I think Kathy wants to go to the top five. No, Dave. Dave, Dave. do you not want to go top five? Because we can. No, I'm done. I'm 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 ready to go. <laughs> I just wanted to point I'm out done. that Kathy yeah. really wants to go to the top five. Maybe. Thank you. Okay. Dave's like, get me out of here. Who's gonna go first? Well, how about Kathy go first? <sighs> Kathy, you. Kathy, you should go first. So what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing? We well, I'll so Rob says his um, favorite book of all time is the Johnny Cash book. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be fun if we all picked our top five books of all time. Ooh, okay, mm. let's right? do it. So it might be more challenging for other some than others in this group. Very challenging. <laughs> do we want to go round robin and everybody do one, or do we want to oh. just do your top five? Sure. Do five. Okay, we can do that. Round robin. Round robin. Okay. Yeah, okay. Fine. I'm, on. Yeah, I'm hip to that I'm, tip. Whatever. We'll switch it up for this show. All right. All right. Kathy, what's oh, what's your first book? Okay, so how I went about this, because this was really challenging for me, because I feel like where I love books um, and love to read, I really wanted to, you know, I had to narrow down, like, this catalog of books. but I So I decided to go chronological. Um, oh, okay. You know, like we've, I think we might have, some of us might have done that in the, the first one with the top five songs. So, my first book that's just so memorable is Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. Nice. Yep. And I just, I think I might have even, like, that's when I was learning to read. I can still remember my kindergarten teacher reading it. I can remember mm. my mother reading that book to me. And I just loved, loved the story. Mm. So, that, that's, my first book. Good one. That's, That's a good a one. Great book. It's classic. Love it. Dave? Right. Dave, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, mine aren't in any particular order, but they all sort of mean something in the grand scheme of things. So mm -hmm. the first book on my list is the, uh, it's not a book per se, it's a graphic novel. It's uh, The Dark Knight Returns by oh, Frank Miller. Yeah. Um, it's just an amazing story. Uh, you know, overall, even though it is in comic form, it just is. It's one of the things like um, when I started collecting comic books, everyone thought of Batman as like the silly, goofy guy from the Adam West TV show. And then this sort of shows it's not <laughs> it's yeah. it's anything but. It, um, right. Yeah. It's just a great story. I mean, Chris, I know you've read it. So, yeah, it kind of redefined Batman. Uh, yeah. When that came out and that was amazing. I approve. You approve. Chris approves. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we approving people's choices? Uh, no. I, uh, no, no. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, we are. So far, so far, we're two for two. Good and job, I will guys. add, graphic novels are a legit. Oh, I know. Genre. Oh, I know. I just am yeah. pointing out that it. Legit genre. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never read that one. And well, I've read Charles Webb, but I haven't read The Dark Knight. Are you guys surprised by that? <laughs> I'm not, but I will. Uh, I will deposit. I'll give it to you after the show. Yeah. Fun. I like those choices. Yeah, those are great. Okay. Oh, who's going next? Me. Sure. Okay. 
Um, well, when I was thinking of my top five, I, I'm not the, I like to read. I used to read a lot more. I, I can't read unless everything is completely quiet. There's no distractions. Mm. So I rarely read. <laughs> anymore let's say because of all our children and animals yes all our, well, our two children not all our children we, have, we, only two, we only have two children and they're not and they're older it's just um i have a hard time like blocking my surroundings out so so i don't read a lot so it was a little challenging so my criteria was a little bit like books i've read more than once to me that would be a favorite book yeah you know if i've mm -hmm. read it more than once yeah. and mm -hmm. um so my first one i would say was um, not surprisingly Anne of Green Gables, mm. Ellen Montgomery. There you um, go. Yep. Love that book. I love the character. I mean, she's just like this, you know, this true young feminist of her time and strong. And I love her. And she's just, and I love that we get lots of her in the books that come. And, uh, but that's the first, it was hard. I was like, oh, would that be my favorite? But I think so, because just meeting her and and um, learning about mm. her is just so fun. And so, and um, yeah, so that would be my first book. Nice. Not in any order necessarily. I'm not saying that's like my top favorite. Mm -hmm. That's, or it could be, but I don't really have an order. But yeah. that's my first one I'm sharing. Cool. Yeah, yeah mine, so mine aren't. I, I don't have mine in an order either. I do I do have five, and I you know Candace was asking me, well, did you figure it out what your top five were? And I'm like, yeah, I already have it done. Um, oh. I had a, I'm gonna do a plug for um, uh, an author, Jane Mount. She did a created a book called The Ideal Bookshelf or An Ideal Bookshelf a few years back, and she uh, basically interviewed all these people, um, you know, musicians, uh, actors, directors, and you know, what's you know, what are your favorite books, or what's on your what what would be on your ideal bookshelf, and uh, so she uh, you know, she got lists from everybody, and then she painted the book. So every page in this book is paintings of book spines, and then uh, you know, the other page is a story from the person mm. she interviewed, and loved the book, loved her art. Um, Candace got me as a gift one year to get my favorite books painted by her so i got my own shelf painted from her so these are the books that are on that shelf um i don't remember what they are uh, <laughs> me neither so I i'm gonna go with the so so right now we just kind of get a quick theme like it sounds like i mean not to i'm not dave i'm not saying that your batman pick was a kid's book but mm. these are all my first my youngest book is is on here it's a mrs frisbee and the rats of nim yep mm. Mm, great book that was one i read multiple times as a kid and i've read it you know, a couple of times as an adult um, there was just something about it that, you know, it, it drew me in. I loved the characters, the story. Um, you know, I think they they might have made a sequel. He might have written a sequel to it. I don't know, but it's just one that like you want to know what happened afterwards. And, yeah. Um, anyway, the artwork is amazing. Um, so yeah, that's my Fun. my my youngest on the list. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love, uh, you know, knowing all of you now for decades, mm. love hearing your choices because I either would, that's what I would have predicted mm. or um, just love because it speaks so much to your personalities as well. Um, my second one is from middle school, The Outsiders by <gasps> S.E. Hinton. Ooh. Fun. 
Um, that That's definitely shaped at that point in middle school my love of reading. Um, to find out Essie Hinton was a woman mm. and that she used her initials because she thought she would be um, either stereotyped or told that she couldn't write about teenage boys at the time. Like that really opened my eyes up. Um, to struggles women writers have had for centuries. Um, And then it was this really important coming-of-age book in which I really couldn't identify with a lot of the characters, and that's what I think I liked about it, learning about these two gangs and um, that, you know, really has to talk about their socioeconomics. And and then there also was a Robert Frost poem, um, Nothing Gold Can Stay was in that book. And then that really was a poem that I could understand in relation to the book. And that really turned me on to reading more poetry. Um, so, yeah, The Outsiders, Stay Gold, Pony Boy. Oh, I love that book. And I kind of like, oh, yeah, that would probably, that kind of maybe should be on my list. It's not. Mm-hmm. Chris is oh, making a face. I assumed it was on your list. Um, right. I, think I forgot movie. about it. I forgot about it. Well, How could I forget I, I've about it? I've never read the book, nor oh have I God. seen the movie. I know. I'm like, maybe I should take something off and add it, because I probably should compare one of my books. should probably go mm. and add that one. We can edit this and make it your number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep what I have, because, but I'm going to say one of my books probably should go and add that one Let's instead. see if we can figure out which one it is when we... <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Because that's a great choice. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next book is probably the book that laid the framework for all other books that I would read growing oh. up. And one thing most of my books have in common is that they're all sort of fantastical. They're, they have fantasy elements, whether it's Batman or whatever. And as I was writing out my list, I actually wrote out nine books. And there's only one on it that is not of fantasy related, <laughs> but um, the book that I uh, read when I was very young was The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Sure. And like I said, that laid the framework for fantasy and Lord of the Rings and all the other books that are to come. You know, that's primarily where my, you know, I don't interest, interest lie. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. That's cool. cool. Nice. I've never read that book. Have you ever read that one? I haven't. Oh my goodness. We're going to have a lot should of reading read to do after. Yeah, it's great. Should I? Of course I should. You should. You should. <laughs> Will I? <laughs> I've seen the movie. Uh, no. <laughs> no? Read the book. <laughs> the book? Okay. Um, oh, so it's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to look at my list. Um, all right. My second one, um, I don't know. I'm just going to say it was Of Mice and Men, John Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, mm. I don't know. I just remember reading that one for the first time, I guess, in high school, and I've read it a few times since, and I just really love it. It's, um, I don't know. It's There's just a lot to it, but it's sad and meaningful, and yeah, I just love that one. And you read them, you've, read, you've read this all these multiple times? Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 So. I think I just read it for the first time, like, in the last year because of you. Oh. You'd recommend it and like, oh, I've never read it. Oops. Yeah. No, yeah. I just love that one. So. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my next one, again, in no particular order, uh, Stephen King's It. Mm. Um, I went through a, well, I don't know if a phase. It was, it was maybe like Dave in a way, like uh, we used to have this local bookstore uh, mm. in, in where we grew up, uh, Paperback Booksmith. 
and uh, it was across the, across the hall in the mall from the movie theater. So it was like waiting to go to see a movie, to hang out in the booksmith yep. and look at all the books. And Stephen King, you know, all his up until that at that point, I don't know, probably had like ten. You know, already had like ten novels, and they were all just in those perfect size mm. paperback. Um, so I ended up picking up one of them at some point and just got hooked on all of his stuff. But Stephen King's It was like the first, like uh, whatever first edition or the first new book that had come out since I'd gotten into him. And it was, you know, gigantic and the story's terrifying and it stuck with me. And, uh, so yeah, so that's, is that why you still hate clowns <laughs> forever, forever. We're on round three. Yeah. Um, my next book, I read it freshman year of high school. I know why the cage bird sings by Maya Angelou. It's, probably her most famous memoir she has probably oh gosh four or five books about different parts of her life and um i just was so captivated and um inspired by her and developed a stronger sense of empathy and she's someone who i've followed read her other books and poetry and Mm -hmm. saw her speak you know when she was alive and so yeah that definitely was a book i um was formative during my high school years. Nice. Is that is that something, Kathy? Like I could read now. Uh, I've never read yes. any of her stuff. Like, do you think it struck struck a chord because of your age reading it? Like, there are some books like right. that, right? It's like, oh, right. because I was this age when I read it, it stuck with me. Like, if I read it today, do you think? Right. I think you could. I think it definitely stands the test of age, time. Yes. Cool. You could. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my next book. Um, two things about this particular book one is never wish for your books to be made into a movie because you'll be (laughs) thoroughly disappointed (laughs) and number two is i feel like the author lived in my brain and wrote this book specifically for me oh wow okay um and and it's ready player one oh my god yeah (laughs) i feel like he every pop culture reference was things that i was interested in all growing up so everything that he mentioned I was like, I know what that is. I, <laughs> you are living with me. You grew up with me. You knew exactly what I liked, and you wrote this book for me. Like the the title page could have said to David Stoker, and <laughs> it would have made sense. Right, like, right. This is your life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that book is amazing. I, I would agree with you, Dave. That that was. I mean, I remember like. It's like kind of thing you're holding it in one hand and pointing at it with the other, like, oh my god, yeah. I know what that, I know what that, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you read it? When did it come it, out? It's not that old of a book, oh, but it's you... just the references from the '80s and right, pop cultures right. that mm-hmm. I just yeah. make a lot of sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Yep. Fun. And while the movie was good, it wasn't great, and it changed a lot of things. So therefore, right. That's why I say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Chris really liking that book too. Yeah. Um, so my third book, um, I haven't read it in a while, so now I think I need to go back and read it. I don't remember when I first read it or why I first read it, um, and I love it because I kind of always forget what happens. Um, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I don't know, and I'm like, I need to go read it because it's, I don't know, it just, it's like this, I don't know, mystery I don't know. I just love it. What's the opening line about? Is it Mandrelay? Is that? Yeah, I don't remember. Mm. But <laughs> that is um, an amazing I, book. I'm I agree. Like, yeah, I need to read it again. Yeah. And oh. I think I go long enough in between reads that, like, obviously, I don't 
totally remember. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that's the fun thing, right, too, is, like, a yeah. book that you're, like, uh, that you're like, oh, yeah, I love that book, but I, it's been so long, I it's, like, almost like reading it again. Right. Uh, right. That happens to me a lot, though. I mean, I don't remember a lot of it's stuff. It's another book I haven't read. So. Yeah, that would be a good one. I just wrote it down. Mm. I, oh, gosh, I haven't, that's awesome, Candace. Yeah, I read that one also because of Candace recommending it, and I was yeah. like, wow, this is, that's fantastic. Oh, um, well, fun. Yeah, yeah, so that was my third one. So, so, so my next one's going to sound like um, you know, pandering, uh, but it's a uh, love in the time of cholera. Oh my god, Chris! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is this one. I'm gonna. I will uh, confess. I've only read it once, but I remember being very moved by it. Watching, uh, reading it, uh, not watching it. Uh, reading it, like I'm like, to you, as I was reading, like, oh my god, this is an amazing story. And there's very little of it I remember. So to what oh. you were just saying is like, I can't wait to read it again. Uh, and I hope to God it's just <laughs> my, my fear is that, oh, I was completely wrong about this book. It's terrible. Yeah, I was, uh, I was just going to actually ask you, how long has it been since you read it? And are you afraid that when you read it again, it's a different part of your life and you're going to be like, wow, this yep. book's crap. Yeah, I am. Like, wor- and I don't think that, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, no, no. I don't resonate with this anymore and I don't understand why I held it in such high, high esteem. That's my fear, Dave. It's probably been 20 years at I least. I remember trying to read it yeah. and I couldn't get couldn't, through it. Get, well, but that's not really saying much. I, like I said, I do have a hard time getting focused and quiet. And so. Um, well, the author is Gabriel Garcia Marquez is. is his most famous book is not that one. It's um, A Hundred Years of Solitude. And you see that on like all these lists mm. of, oh, fantastic books. And I'm like, well, I love Love in the Time of Cholera. I definitely should read A Hundred Years of Solitude. I picked that one up three times and I've only gotten like 20 pages into it. And I keep putting it down. And I think it's super dense. Like there's a lot of stuff going yes. on in it. And uh-huh. Anyway, so that's that was my number three. Fun. Hope it's next time I read it, it still stays up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure it will. Sure it will. Um, the, my fourth book, um, I've only read it once, and it makes me, as we're talking about all this, want to go back and read it. It's also a John Steinbeck book, oh. um, East of Eden. Oh, okay. um, I read it in college and really, really liked it. I mean, it, it's a long book, and it's about these two families. I think it's during the Depression. Most of his work is during the Depression, but just a lot of like good and evil, like, you know, is man, you know, truly good or evil mm. or you know the, what decision making that you make within these families and how their lives are entangled and I really liked it um, and uh, liked the challenge of taking on this big book and felt like it was to- a total epic right. epic novel so that was good wasn't that one of Oprah's books uh, several years ago it when might she have been I think she did that yeah one, I like, think so back yeah, when, I she, think back when she was movie. doing it oh yeah. maybe yeah I don't know um, but I, I haven't watched it because really like um, of Mice and Men has an excellent adaptation with Gary Sinise mm-hmm. and John Malkovich yeah. for Of Mice and Men, but I just didn't feel like I wanted to watch mm. East of Eden and have what you had happen right. with yeah. Player One. Yeah. yeah, it's a big risk. These yeah. movies, yeah. yeah, they never live up. No. <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, so my number four book is probably one no one's ever heard of. Um, it has only come out in the last I want to say like five or I'm actually going to look up the date of when it was released. Um, actually, seven years ago, um, it's called the Golem and the Genie. It's by Helene Wecker. Uh-huh. I've heard of it, but because of Chris, I read it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Just, re- just so, recently, too. Yeah, last year or so. Yeah. Um, I just w- when I 
turn the first page of the book, I, I literally think I read it in one sitting because I just could not stop reading. Oh, wow. um, just because it was about different culture and um, it was about a, a time period. It was, I think it's like the late, uh, I think the main character, Hava, her, she's born in like 1899. So it's, it's during that 1920s era of you know, the Industrial Revolution and immigration, not Industrial Revolution, but immigration and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like it's in the romance of two different factions of people coming together. And um, I just remember reading it and being like, like you said before, Chris, like, is there more to this story? Like, I want more. And um, I, I think she's actually coming out with a second book, which I think is coming out next year. Mm. I was going to say, I thought I heard there was a sequel to it. I, like, oh, it's a sequel. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, oh. I think there's a sequel coming. And, oh, okay. Like, do I want, would I want to read it? I mean, I enjoyed it too. It was, it was a, it was a surprisingly, like, I think somebody recommended it to me. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I was like, yeah, oh, this is really good. It's, like, it's historical fiction in a way and okay. some fant- fantastical elements to it. And yeah. yeah. Good choice. Cool. Uh, I'm up. Okay. Um, this one is a newer book. Um, well, I don't know. I guess it's been a little while now. Um, more of just like one of those like summer reads, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey uh, Niffenegger. I think I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. <clears throat> I love that book. I've read it. I don't know. I think like three times, and I don't know. It's just like a. I don't know. It's just kind of a sad romance, really, but tragic in, in a way. But I don't know. I just really loved it. I know a lot of people who've read it didn't like it. What? Um, I guess people I've seen, like, I remember, like people are always like, you know, sometimes, oh, what's a good summer read? And people recommend that, like, oh, no, I hated that book. Or, um, again, with the movie, ugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love the book. I love it. And I'd like to read that one again, too. That's an amazing book. Yeah. yeah. I just wrote it down to revisit it. I, I read that one again, another one that you re- recommended so to nice me. so reading books that I recommend. I, I don't. I don't do that. But I, re- I read it like almost all the way through in a single bus ride. Yeah. Like I took a bus from Maine to Canada. Yeah. And... Uh, I literally started it like you know when the bus started going, and I almost finished it in one you know kind of one sitting. It was a long day, but uh, mm. yeah, that's that's a great story. Yeah, yeah, it's a good story. I think yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yep. But so yeah. Okay. Chris? Okay. Uh, my next one, speaking of stories, is uh, Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger. Um, and uh, I don't know if anybody else has read it, but it's uh, it, yeah. it is just what it's described. It's nine short stories that they all put together. Um, I would say probably six of them are amazing. Um, uh, they're like the opening story is kind of shocking the way it ends, like a twist. There's like two of them like that in the book. Um, there's some of some of the characters. He has these recurring characters, uh, the Glass family, um, that appear in some of his novels. They make me think of the Tannenbaums in. Uh, uh, mm. The Royal Tannenbaum's movie, oh. which there's, there's probably some that Wes Anderson is probably inspired by uh, the Glass family in some ways. Um, I wrote a paper, I think, in high school on one of the stories, um, like an analysis of it, mm. and um, and every time I read it, uh, there's you know there's a couple like I said they don't stand out, but I, so I've forgotten some of the stories. But when you read them again, like oh yeah, that was amazing. that was great. They're, they're, if you haven't read it, highly recommend. And it's you know easily digestible because they're all short well, that's it i think uh, like short i think short stories would be perfect for me right but then i think oh, 
I'm gonna get invested in this character, this, and then it's gonna be over so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like I get so conflicted because, you know, to have something quick and easy, perfect. Yeah. But then yeah. I, uh, there's something about it that doesn't appeal to me. As, oh, this I would this would kill you then, because I think that the, some especially of the... if there's like shock twisted. I'm like, I get, I don't know. I'm not sure about. How... <laughs> well, the Glass family is kind of like I said; yeah. they're all over his novels, and uh, and. Okay. You want more and more because you know, uh, they all tell like it's. Nuts. It, oh yeah, leaves you wanting more. It's, fan, it's fantastic. So. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yep. All right, Kathy. Last one. Last I one. know. I'm. I'm so, so stressed because I've written down three. It's kind of like Dave. How you wrote out nine and yeah. then close oh, your eyes God. and point. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I. God. You know. I, I'm going to go with one that I had just mentioned to Dave. Um, Tuesdays with Maury. Oh, um, yeah. By Mitch Album. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read this. It must have been in my 20s. Yeah, it was in my 20s. Mm. Um, and it's just one of those, you know, life lesson books. It's true story. Mitch Album was a sports writer, goes back to see his dying professor. His professor had ALS, and they talk about these amazing life lessons. And I can remember when Dave and I were first either, I don't know if we were still friends or we had moved into the dating zone. I think it's when I started coming back up from when I was living in Georgia. Yeah, and we and I had asked him to read Tuesdays with Maury because I was, like, so moved by it, and he asked me to read Harry Potter. <laughs> so we, you know, switched um, books. And um, every time I've recommended this book to a student or to a friend, they've really gotten, you know, a lot out of it and been able to personally connect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mine. Awesome. Yeah, it was a good book. Nice. But I'm wondering if we can do shout-outs after. <laughs> Absolutely. Honorable mentions. Yep. Honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Yep. Yeah, I have honorable mentions. I don't yeah, have honorable ahead. mentions. Go ahead, Dave. All right, Dave. Uh, <laughs> so my last one is probably most uh, – so two reasons why I put it on here. One was uh, a lot of shows when we grow up um, are – we don't know that they're a result of a book. So I remember like you know Doctor Who was on TV on PBS, but they also had um, the British version of – Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was on PBS. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it and thinking like, oh, I wonder, you know, where did this come from? And I remember talking with Chris and he was like, oh, that's that's a book series. Like, You need to read that. And I remember reading the first one and being like, what's the next one? And, you know, just it was during our, you know, junior high, high school years that we we read this. And it's just I, to Candace's point about rereading a book. Probably the book I have read the most in my entire life because I just yeah. always go back to it and it's just such an amazing story that in the universe that he said Douglas Adams sets up. I that, love it. That's awesome, David. Did you get those at Paperback Booksmith? I probably got it at Paperback <laughs> Booksmith, but I recently because I don't have the physical version anymore. We went to Barnes and Noble before the um, you know the quarantine and the COVID nineteen. I actually bought the collection in hardcover so it has all of the novels in it yeah nice Nice. yeah that's great i remember that was one of i don't know the booksmith right uh douglas adams was like the you know if you're browsing alphabetically that was like one of the first set and i'm like the restaurant the end of the universe like the titles were just you know hitchhiker's guy the galaxy what are these it's so and yeah i did the same kind of thing pulled it off the shelf like this is awesome (laughs) that's great all right so my last book is um a children's book and a picture book, I guess, and uh, I'm always drawn to the kids' book section, and this is one I just remember, I loved it as a kid, a little kid, 
and um, it was one that I had to have for our kids, and it's um, Sylvester and the Magic Pebble by um, huh. William Steig, and uh, oh, I just love the art in it and the story, and and uh, mm. yeah, I just it's just it's just a sweet sweet book. It is, yep. And uh, yeah, I just like I don't know, I couldn't resist it. I guess. Maybe, you know, the Outsiders, would the Outsiders replace that one? I don't know. I'm not going to replace that. They, these are my No, five. I wouldn't yeah. replace No, don't replace yeah, it. Right. That's a, Outsiders is your honorable mention. Uh, yeah, yes. you just you honor- just totally made me think of a lot of books that, you know, I was thinking of books like that I've read, like Teenager Adult. Like I didn't even think of like Where the Wild Things Are or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, Harold and the Purple Crayon. Like those books that like today I could go back and read and probably still enjoy. Oh, right. yeah. And we have – I can't – I can't get – we have so many – children's books oh, yeah. up in the so attic that I just can't get rid of and they all just mean you know uh, some I'm like yeah I can get rid of that but um, this one is just one that I I know well, I just love it and I'll love it forever so did awesome. you read it as a child as well mm-hmm. I don't remember having read it I wrote that down too yeah <laughs> I'm, yeah I think I must have I mean because I don't know how I knew it right, that, right. Pretty, I feel like I remember myself as a child looking at that book so i'll have okay. to look at when it was written I'm probably written yeah. like 1990. september 24th 1969 okay so yeah i just happened so. to pull it up because i wanted to see the cover yeah. yeah yeah there's some books that just really you know stuck with me yeah. that's that's one thing i like like i had never heard of that book either until you you know till you, till you bought it when we had kids and mm-hmm. i'm like oh, this is an amazing story that's one of the things i love about whether it's books or music or is Art. The, the art. There, there is always something amazing out there that you've never mm. heard of, right? Right. And, right. And, uh, and that's why I love, you know, getting recommendations from people because you know sometimes they're like, no, clearly we don't have the same taste. <laughs> yeah, we you have know. some people in our lives that were like, yeah, those rec- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they recommend stuff. But like, yeah, no. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clearly, I need to be high all the time to watch that particular movie <laughs> to be enjoy it. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a great one. So that was my last one. Cool. Is it, am I? Sorry, I, yeah. It might, I got a little emotional, so sorry about that. It's a safe space here. Safe space. I know. I just, yeah. Children's books do that to me. But, okay, Chris. All right. Uh, last book. Is, it, am I, is this the last of the last? I think it's the last, last of the last. last. Okay. Honorable mentions. I don't. Uh, or, well, just, I probably do now, all the things you guys have been talking about. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, no, my last one is um, Siddhartha by Herman Hess. Oh, um, yeah. This is a book I try to read once a year. Actually, oh my God, I just forgot about another one. Oh, so you have, Chris has an honorable <laughs> I have mention. I have much honorable mention because there's another book that I try to read every year. Um, that I, How did I not have that on Chris, the list? Yeah. I know what book it is. Yeah, why did I not Are put that sure? on the list? What is it? What is it? Oh, we'll have to tell you after. Oh, so. we'll go yeah. to, when we get to honorable mention, we'll get there. Honorable mentions, yeah. but I'm actually Take surprised. Take it slow. This, Take it slow. Uh, I'm surprised this is an honorable mention, the one that he has. So. Yeah, I'm kicking myself a little bit. Um Anyway, uh, <laughs> Siddhartha, Siddhartha, I took a class in my freshman year in college. It was uh, Eastern World Religions, mm-hmm. um, which actually sounds like a counter, like an oxymoron or whatever. But, <laughs> but you know, Taoism and Zen and Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so the teacher had all these amazing, you know, books for us to read. And Siddhartha was one of them. And I just remember being totally... Uh, like like at peace reading it like I'm like yeah. oh my god I want god. I, I should read that I, I want to be a Buddhist you know it was it was that that kind of you know just kind of mm-hmm. it did it clicked with me and it stuck with me and 
it's I don't know it's it's one I try like I said I try to read it once a year I probably don't get to it but to kind of reset and uh, years go by fast so. years go by fast yeah <laughs> and uh, um, yeah I mean it's a fictionalized version of the, the Buddha and how he came to be like his life before he became enlightened and became the Buddha. And, uh, it's an amazing story. It's, 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 uh, simply written. It's relatively short. It's not a huge book. Um, yeah. And if you haven't read it, highly recommend. Awesome. I, I agree with you, Chris. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to... I do. I have a bunch of books now. I got to put on my list. I'm typing them <laughs> up like, and I'm ready to go <laughs> All right, so we quickly want to do our honorable mentions. Yes. Maybe just say them. I think you yeah. know, we've, we've really yeah. shared. Um, my, my quick honorable mentions, Born a Crime by uh, Trevor Noah. Okay. Um, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. These okay. are contemporary ones. Yeah. And then, Chris, you made me think of that I do want to do a shout-out to The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Mm. That is on the Siddhartha type of book. Mm. Okay. Nice. Cool. All right, Dave, what are your honorable mentions? So I have, uh, oh, actually, I have five honorable mentions <laughs> now that I think about it. Uh, right. So I have uh, Artemis Fowl by Eowyn Kofler, Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling. Okay, the uh, series, so not a book. Well, I think for all all of them, I, I don't think I could pick a favorite out of that one. Maybe no? Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, A Game of Thrones, the first book, okay. A Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin. Uh, the Gunslinger by Stephen King, and the only non-fantasy book on my list is The Firm by ah, John Grisham, hmm. and that's another book that I probably have read like ten times. Okay, that's fun. a that's a fun one. I think I might have read that one. I know, out of all these books, I think I might have read. The, well, I've read the Harry Potter ones too, but I don't I don't remember what all these I've read. But <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, we know Outsiders is my honorable mention. Yep, um, Chris. Mine is the Old Man in the yeah, Sea. Chris. What the hell? How did yeah, I leave? I'm thinking that. I do, I, I, I've got to go back. I don't have my, my painting of my books in front of me, but I'm like, did I leave that off the list? Because that is one I literally... I think I would have added it to the painting yeah, if you didn't. I would right. read that every year. That is, that, that I find that I would say that is like the perfect book. The perfect novel. So are you going to replace one of your top five? Because if you're saying that's the perfect book, how is it not in your top five? I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, Chris. Bye. I don't know. It's I I would replace Love in the Time of Cholera because, okay. again, I read that only once. Okay. Okay. But right. The Old Man of the Sea, I read it all the time. And it's, it's like it's like one of those books, like, there's not a word I would change. You know, like, mm. the story, the way it's written. Uh, obviously, it's a Hemingway book. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm actually angry at myself now that I did not <laughs> no, put it okay. on the list. It's okay. I thought you were going to say Chris also Moby Dick. Um, well, Moby Dick is uh, I'll say is a sentimental really. one for sentimental. me. Candace got that book for me as a gift before we started dating. When we were friends, mm-hmm. she got that book for me, and you know I loved it. But holy crap, that book is uh, insane. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I read it, but it took me probably like a year to read it. It's like, right. whoa. Um, but no, so no, that would not be my top just because okay, okay. it was a difficult it read. Short. Good story, but difficult read. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yes, very. Yes. yes. I love this. Yes. Yeah. I think it, this Super one could fun. have been its own show. 
I uh, clearly, yes, guys, so. I'm running. So we're going to have to break it up into several episodes. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then uh, we'll probably wrap it up here. I think yeah. so. Yeah. So if you're still here listening, yes. uh, you can check us out. If you want to share your favorite books with us, we'd love to hear it. Clearly, recommendations are, are yes. at least my one of my favorite things. Uh, we're on social medias uh, at High Fidelity Min on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can also check out our playlists on Spotify. We're High Fidelity Minute uh, on Spotify. Uh, so check us out. Follow us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back next week talking about minutes 16 through 20 here awesome. at the High Fidelity Top 5. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Yeah.